Today on The Breakdown, James Bond had a license to kill. Alan Keating has a license to burn. Money, that is. Maybe. I don't know. But if you look at what Alan Keating has done on things like Hustler Casino Live and now in the No Gamble, No Future cash game from Poker Go, sometimes it seems like he's just putting money out there to put money out there. Like, it's surprising. He was, I think, the absolute biggest loser in the influencer game where him and Phil Hellmuth played against Ninja and Alex Botez and all those other folks. I don't know, what, what was Slime, Slime, Slime Face or whatever. I don't know their names. Uh, but I think he lost like a solid one and a half million dollars there and was the, like through the party in a big time way for everyone. Um, so here he is now playing, once again, a very big game, huge money again. And I will say he is not uh, tight gripped with the chippies. You know, he's willing to put the chippies into the pond of poker, <laughs> the poker pond. You know what I'm saying? This is a 200-400 game with an $800 straddle. So this just has a chance to get humongous. And Keating starts the hand with $645,000 in front of him. Now, of course, he can't be the effective stack because I'm sure he covers everyone. But everyone's got, you know, 170000 in front of him. And Keating is going to play a hand that really made me exclaim. Truly, I exclaimed at one point. And so did Grant when he watched the hand. It's like, what? He did what? It's like shocking. It's incredible. Is this good? Is this maybe brilliant? Or is this just bad stuff? Let's find out right now on The Breakdown. Great Dads and John Levy. Hey. There's been a lot of whales in the history of poker, televised mm. poker included. You know, Gila Liberté being probably the most Ooh. famous whale for losing the most money and yeah. also being, you know, a gregarious guy who seems like a nice person. He kept, uh, uh, what's the Frenchman's name? I just lost it. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow, you, you can't, have, you lost it. Fine. That, he, that he, he kept happens. Patrick Antonius's uh, child in diapers for many years, you know. Uh, this is bothering me David... Now. David, uh, somebody, uh, <laughs> Benjamin, David, Benjamin, there it is. David Benjamin's, uh, yeah, and and him and didn't he marry Erica? What's her name? Oh, Eric yeah. Lindgren's ex-wife. Anyway, they have a kid, I believe, and that kid is eating caviar thanks to Gila Liberté. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Gila Liberté, he's like the OG whale. Yeah. Of of televised poker. That sounds right. Um, you know, there I guess he wasn't on season one of High Six Poker. There was like They were uh, the doctor. doctor there were um, Amir Nasiri yeah, or whatever. There were other whales, but he was one of the the true whales for yeah. sure. And he had the like what I'm getting at here is that Keating reminds me of Guy in his his presence. That it's like clear to that the money is it's fine if Guy loses the money. Yes. And like he was totally chill in all ways. Yes. And just like happy to be there and enjoying himself. Right? Yes. Which Keating is, has that feeling. Which is a nice thing to see. You know, the Ke- vibe. Keating is so happy and I guess he's very rich. You know, he might not be the richest of the whales. He might not be Bill Klein rich. I don't even know. But he's very rich in a way that makes him just not mind losing lots of money and he's very happy. And you know, there's something refreshing about that. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree. I looked him up. He's a finance guy. He runs some finance thing. I assume he's making, you know, untold millions, no problem. The way he sometimes burns through this money. And again, like you're saying, without, with nary a, nary a complaint, just a smile on his face and just seems really the same. Yeah. No matter what. And it does not seem to affect him at all. Um, it's interesting. 
Yeah. It's interesting. So he's willing to make plays that other people may not be willing to make because the money really doesn't, it doesn't seem to bother him in the least. Right. Maybe he's just a psychopath. He actually has a little bit of a psychopathic look, quite frankly. Does he? You think so? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he could be on Dexter. I could see him in an American, <laughs> in American Psycho. Yeah. Yeah. As, like, the bad serial killer who the good serial killer <laughs> has to kill kind of thing? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, all that aside, he does seem nice. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything about him seems pleasant and put together, and hopefully he's not upset by me calling him. Right. And the, saying he looks like a serial I'm killer. sure the pros are thrilled to see him at the table, not only because he's nice, but because, you know, that means they're probably going to have a good day a lot of the time. Now, he, he does introduce a lot of variance to the game. You can have a really bad day as a pro when a guy like this sits down at your table, too. I mean, this is how you put together one of these big televised games or just a really big poker game is you get Alan Keating to sit in the game. Everyone wants to be in that game. Yeah. And won't, you don't have to do anything special for them to get them in that game. They're all like, yeah, yeah, no, I'll play. Mm-hmm. You don't have to give me anything. Of course I'm there. You know, it's like you have to work to get Alan Keating in the game, maybe. But, yeah. like, you know, that's it. Like, that's, that's the whole thing. It's a weird thing, isn't it? The way these high stakes games are built. It's so predatory. At least mm-hmm. the at least the prey are ostensibly like the hope is the prey are not going to be hurt by the predators taking their piece, right? Like that's the idea. Is, I mean, is that like you know Bill Klein's not hurt by losing a hundred thousand dollars? Sure, but there are lots of guys, of course, who go show, show up in these games and absolutely get crushed because you know these the the pros will play against anyone. They yes. don't care if you're on your last hundred k and. If you're not really good, they're thrilled to play against you. That right? is true. Of course. That is true. So, of course, people get badly, badly hurt in these games. Of course, they'd rather shear the sheep than slaughter the sheep. Uh, that's right. But, you know, sometimes sheep can only be sheared once anyway, yeah. so you might as well kill it while you're at it. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think those are the, yeah. But I don't think Keating's a dead sheep. I think he's a live sheep. He's yep. going to be okay. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. He seems fine. Um, how do you think it feels to be one of these whales? Like, you have to know you're a whale, right? Do you convince yourself, if you're Bill Klein and you're actually, like, a little studied and reasonably good at poker, do you convince yourself, I'm not a whale anymore. I'm actually, like, uh, with the pros now. I just happen to have a lot of money, too. I don't know what he thinks. It's hard to say. Like, I mean, Klein is good enough that he can at least give these guys a run for their money. Like, he does surprising things at times, for sure. He has solid fundamentals in most cases. Absolutely. He really seems to have a good sense of, of where he's at. Um, and where other players are at as well. Um, he does a lot of things very well. He just isn't, you know, elite upon elite. And the problem is he's playing, you know, you can be the seventh best poker player in the world, but if the, your game has the sixth best poker players in the world, you're getting crushed, right? So, like, he's obviously not the seventh best, no. but he's good enough that in most games he's going to be a big favorite. Even, I think, most, like, big games he's probably a favorite, um, but probably not in the games he actually plays. Really, you think he's a favorite? You think he's, like, so you think Bill Klein is good enough to be, like, a live 5'10 pro? Oh, absolutely. You do? Okay. I really do. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that'd be a problem for him at all. Okay. Do you disagree? I, would, I wouldn't have thought that, really. Huh. I mean, part of what goes into being Bill Klein, though, is that he doesn't have concern about the money, so yeah. he can make certain plays that some of the live 510 pros would not make. True. And, like, he can get folds that, and make certain calls that, like, they might be afraid to make. Even, like, sometimes it's hard to pull the trigger on certain things. You know, like, it's never hard for him to pull the trigger. That's one of his superpowers. You don't think he could be an online 510 pro, though, do you? No. Okay. No, no, because now everyone can track everything and play perfectly against him, essentially, yeah. with their HUDs and all that. But, like, I think live, I think I really do believe that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe the 510 pros of the world will all come out and tell me I'm an idiot, but I really don't think so. I think he'd do fine at 510. I'm not saying he'd crush the game, but I think he'd do fine. Yeah, I think maybe he'd be a would. winner. Hard for to sure. know. Hard to know. Um, those games are full of real whales, man. So how would, like, let's, let's just play this out. Okay. Let's say 
you had an incredible windfall, you know, something really good happened for you financially, and all of a sudden you have $500 million in your bank account. Cool. I, I invented Minecraft. Yeah, that's after taxes. You're all set. Loving it. All right. That's a good start. You, as Jonathan Love, you're honest with yourself about your skill level. I think in most cases more than, than everybody. Yeah. Uh, and in some cases you're wrong. You assess yourself too weakly, especially yep. in poker. Yep. Uh, and you assess other players too flowery Yep. in, in many cases. I understand that. Um, I still do that a little bit. So with that in mind, I want to ask you this question, though. Like you, you decide like, you know what would be a fun thing to do with my $500 million? I'm going to, you know, take a few shots at, at like the Hustler Casino Live and at, mm. and at these Poker Go events. Like I'll be right. one of the whales, you know, and you know going in that you're one of the whales. Right. If you really took your time and studied and decided you want to beat the game and, you know, you're a good poker player, obviously. Um, do you think that eventually you keep getting invited back? If you win a few sessions, you could convince yourself you're not one of the whales anymore. And would you believe that you weren't one of the whales anymore? I, I want to. I don't entirely understand. You're saying I start playing these things. I have a few winning sessions, yeah. and that's it. And then I think I'm not one of the whales. I'm, I'm just wondering, like, how how long does it take a whale to convince themselves uh, they're not a whale anymore? I think if you're not doing the hard work, you're a whale in these games. Yeah, those games specifically, like, and that's just maybe not Hustler Casino Live because a lot of those games are full of whales. Yes. So you could sit there and be like, look, Garrett's better than me. That guy's better than me. That guy's better than me. But those four guys are awful. So I don't right. have to beat Garrett. I just have to take money from them and not lose too much to Garrett. And I can make real money in this game. You know, yeah. um, That's different than some of the Poker Go cash game stuff where it's there might be one whale or something right. like that. But it's a lot tougher a lot of the time anyway. You know, yeah. And it's like there's one spot and then you are the second spot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I would never. I, I mean, play, if you're going to be playing up against Jason Kuhn and Tom Dwan and stuff like that on the regular... Um, and you're not working very hard, you have no chance against it. You, you are a whale no matter what you think. Like, yeah. it's a guarantee they will take money from you over the long haul, no matter how many winning sessions you just had in a row. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's just, that's just the way it is. Like, you're Rick Solomon. You've got no actual chance against these guys. Right. I agree with that. Um, maybe, maybe somebody like you or I could potentially get to break even. Who knows? It's possible, but I'm not sure. I mean, if we were really willing to put in the work, who knows? Yeah. Who knows how good we could be? But I'm not willing to work that much, quite frankly. Yeah, neither am I. Um, I don't have aspirations to being those guys. I did long, long ago. And that, like, I understand what that lifestyle is now and would not want it, quite right. frankly. So um, to piggyback on that, like, instead of putting ourselves in the spot, well, let's, I, I've always just been a little bit curious, and I don't think you have the answers, but I just want to have a discussion about it, about the psychology of the whales. Like, mm -hmm. how does it feel to be Alan Keating, to, like... You have to know in somewhere that you're being invited as just a, a treasure chest for people to take from. Yeah. Right? Like, I would think you know that. Do you feel like prey? Do, you f like, do these guys feel like they're being preyed upon? Do they feel insulted? They're like, you're being told by these people, like, you are not good enough to make money in this game. Come give us your money, basically. I don't think they're insulted. Um, I think it's one of two things. I think some of them take it as a challenge. Yeah. Um, Maybe one of three things. Some of them take it as a challenge. Some of them think everyone's wrong because they're used to being very successful, these guys, right. right? So they're used to showing up, figuring out stuff quicker than people expect, and having everything work for them. So yeah. they think that's going to happen here, too, and it kind of never does, right? But they think it is mm -hmm. going to happen. And I remember when I first started playing poker, I wasn't playing at high stakes or anything like that, but like as someone who was you know, relatively intelligent and stuff and good at games and stuff, I just assumed I would be good at poker right away. I was not. Yeah. And it was like it took a little while for me to like have an honest conversation with myself that I wasn't good and I had to like actually study it mm -hmm. and work at it, not just talk about it, but like read and think 
and memorize stuff and figure out ranges and all that stuff. And that's when I actually started to be successful. Um, but for a while, I just assumed it would be fine, you know? So I think, I think that's part of it. Um, and then, of course, there's, there's the thing of, like, they may be getting something different out of it, you know? Like, yeah. we were talking before we started about Bad Brad from Molly's Game. Right. So Bad Brad was the guy who sat in the, the huge high-stakes game and lost $100,000 every time they played, essentially. And they were trying to... Like, Molly was like, let me get you a tutor. I'll pay for it. Like, you know, like, it doesn't have to be this bad. And he was like... And it turns out that Bad Brad was... Losing 100K a week to these guys, but making hundreds of million dollars off these guys as he would get them involved in all his investment stuff, which was all a scam, I think. It was right? a Ponzi, I think. Yeah. yeah. So he was crushing them, yeah. but they couldn't see it because. So, so I don't know, but there may be other things that Alan Keating gets out of playing than just this. And finally, there's, I think, for some of these guys, especially the very successful dudes, it's sort of like the best or nothing. I only want to play against the best. Yeah. That's how I measure myself. In fact, we have, we have a friend, Mitch Towner, who's one of the better bridge players in the world. Yeah. And like, it's very common. One of the ways he makes money, of many ways, because he's a very smart and successful dude, is like a rich dude will basically say, hey, let me hire you and a bunch of other professional bridge players. I'll be on one of the teams, then we'll play. Well, I think mostly it's hired to be somebody's partner. Okay, yeah. fine, but like, still, like, yeah. I'm gonna be your part, but, but like, we'll play against a professional team or something, yeah. like, against really good players, and I'm a rich guy who's not great, and you're gonna be great, and I'll pay for the whole thing so we can all play together, and now I'm playing against the best because yeah. that's what I want. I wanna only play with, with and against the best. Mm-hmm. So there's that too, and poker, of course, really allows for that. Yeah, I, that's mostly what I think. I, of course, I don't know, but that's mostly what I think is going through these, these whales' heads is like, I, why would I play against people who aren't the best in this? Like, I, I, I can lose the money. I'd rather challenge myself. It's not about making money. It's about trying to beat, beat a game that I'm not supposed to be able to beat. Also, you know, most people don't track their winnings and losing. Yeah. And so, like, if you have, like, a winning session, it can be really easy to convince yourself that overall you're probably about break even or maybe even up someone. In fact, you're not even close. Like, if you're not really tracking that stuff, and I would bet the whales are not tracking it for a while anyway. Yeah. So... Now, of course, if you're on the stream and stuff like that, it may be easier. But, of course, they play after the stream. Sometimes they're playing before the stream starts. So you don't really know based on that either. Um, so, like, yeah. Like, it, I think a lot of people lose in poker and don't know because they don't want to know. That actually There's also that. brings me to an entirely different point, which I think is important. Uh, this is important for the type of people who listen to the show, I think, who are many, many are professional poker players, many are aspirational professional poker mm. players, right? Yeah. Um, if you're not tracking your poker properly... You're doing yourself a great disservice if you're really trying to take poker seriously. Like, I think a lot of people who are good enough will not track because they're almost afraid to know what mm-hmm. the results are. Like if they're, they can tell themselves they're a winning player, if maybe they're break even or not a winning player. Track yourself honestly, including like all of the fees associated with with players. You know, like if there's yeah. a door fee, track that. Don't you just, have to, yeah, you have yeah. to subtract that. Yeah, if. if if you're paying for meals that you wouldn't otherwise pay for, track that. Tips, right? tips should count against you. Like that cost, that's part of that comes out yeah. of your profit. Everything right. counts. Yeah. So if you're not tracking yourself honestly, you're doing yourself a great disservice if you're trying to become a better player. If you don't know how much you're actually making per hour and you're playing a lot, then you have no sense of how well you're really doing. Yeah. Right? And it's easy to tell yourself, I'm making about, oh, I don't know. And then you make up some number that sounds good to you. And it depends on who you are, but $70 an hour. And maybe that's true. But boy, you could be making $20 an hour and think you're making $70 an hour really easily if you're not keeping track of this stuff. Right. And it's very easy to just track when you win and just think about the last time you won and think yep. about that as like an example of how it goes when you play. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that's just a, an aside. Like, 
there's a lot of really good apps to do it with, it's, mm-hmm. and many of them are free. Maybe you have to pay $5 for the best features. It's but, no big deal, though. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's well worth it. I agree. Certainly worth it. And yeah. So, so track, track your shit. Also, if you've been doing it for long enough, you get some really cool numbers. Like, you start to understand, like, how often you have a winning session, yeah. for example. And then it's like, oh, I lost, but I lose, like, one out of every three times, actually. So it's not weird that I lost, or even I lost two or three times in a row. That's going to happen sometimes. Yeah. And that's it. Like, you don't have to think anything more of it, you know? Right. Yeah. It's important stuff. Right. Anyway. Anyway. Alan Keating, probably not tracking, is my guess. I would guess he isn't. And I don't think he should. I don't think he has to. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not, he's not the target audience for the little spiel I just gave. Yeah, he, that's It doesn't true. matter if he's tracking his. He knows he's not a pro. Unless, right? unless he wants to be great. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's get to the hand that okay. involves the rich guy, Alan Keating. This was suggested by Pat Wright QB. Pat Wright sure. suggested on Discord. He is the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals also. That's why his name is Pat Wright QB. So hope he has a good season. Hope he throws a lot of touchdowns. He's not the starting quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. No, but that. there could be an injury. You know, you could, you could get, you could get is an injury. Is he the backup quarterback? He might be. Probably not. You think he's on the practice squad? Are you sure he's on the Cardinals at all? I'm just guessing he's on the Cardinals. It just seems like he'd be on yeah, the Cardinals. I don't think he's on the, I don't think he's on in the pros. What? Pat Wright QB's not in the pros. Why is QB in his name? I think he's just there to confuse you. There was a Pat Wright who played for the Western Mustangs. Okay, that might be him. It's probably him. <laughs> <laughs> and then former league MVP Pat Wright joined the Tri-City Outlaws. It sounds like our Pat Wright. Um, yep, that sounds exactly like our Pat Wright. So anyway, there you go. Now you know everything yeah. about uh, this guy. Pat, of course, has been uh, a listener for a long time, yes. participated in a lot of Poker Guys stuff. So thank you for, th- for the suggestion, Pat Wright. You can suggest on Discord or you can suggest on Twitter. They're both great places to suggest. Cool. Let's, we hope to hear your suggestions. Let's dive on in. Okay. Like, uh, who dives? Who's a good diver? Um, Mark, Mark Spitz. <laughs> Ryan Lochte. <laughs> let's dive in like Ryan Lochte. Greg Luganis was a good diver. Yeah. There you go. Uh, there you go. Uh, 200-400 with an $800 straddle. Sure. We got John Robert Belland in the game. Hey, everyone loves that guy. Is he a whale or not? I don't know. Is he, he a whale or a pro? What is he? He is um, like a losing pro, but... What's a losing pro? I'll explain. Okay. I'll explain. He's a losing pro, meaning his actual poker, I'm almost certain he's a loser at, but he gets um, backed and gets paid to, play, to come in and play in these games because he's the guy who all the whales want to play with. Because he's fun. Yeah. So apparently, I remember reading about this on Reddit, and I think this is even true. Um, after... Uh, What's the blonde kid who looks like he's going to kill you? Um, Tony G hates him. Oh, Andrew Rubble? That's him. Uh, (laughs) He does look like he's going to kill you, though, right? A little bit. So he had a thing where he um, was like super, not super using, but he was like ghosting or something with uh, some of the online stuff with Bill Perkins. Rubble was part of that? Yeah. And so like he was kicked out of all the high stakes games. I thought that was just Jungle Man. Uh, no, Jungle Man was part of it too, I think. But he was, but Robles kicked out, and Robles' punishment apparently was essentially to back uh, Balan for a year. Really? Yeah, and so that's what. Then he was allowed to finally come back in huh. the games, and so like him and apparently Dan Smith and stuff like that put Balan in these games as like a loss leader. Essentially, that's what gets them in the game too, and that's what brings the whales to the game. So then they're wildly profitable. They keep Balan, you know, in all these games and keep him like living well. Huh. Um, and uh, what a life! So there you go. He's a losing pro. What an interesting life. This is assuming this is true, but I read a whole thing about it on Reddit, and it really struck me as correct. I have to say, and it feels right for Blonde. Uh, yeah, I guess okay. A losing pro. That's one way to be a losing pro. Yep. Another way would be to be a vlogger who makes a lot of vlogging but loses in in poker, but still is profitable. Overall. Sure. Supernova Elite could be a losing pro. 
Yeah, I stuff like so. that too. Although that's not really a thing anymore, right? They don't. No, really... but like we're getting big rake back. You know, if you yeah. play, you get enough volume where you lose on the poker, but you make so much on the rake back, it, you make a living. Like that's a thing people do. Sounds like a horrible life. Yeah, yeah, no, it does. I'd rather be the JRB style losing pro. Oh my god, everyone wants to be the JRB, but then you have to be JRB. You have to be the guy who everyone loves playing. Yeah, with. he must feel a bit like a clown, right? He's like, I don't know, here to entertain. It may just be his personality, though. Like, yeah. So it's easy for him. Wouldn't True. that be great for him if it's just easy? So it's just like no problem. Yeah. Just you just get to show up and be yourself and ha- do the things you enjoy doing, and bam, like the world like goes out of its way to like and he's, accommodate he's you. Definitely not terrible at poker. Also. Oh no. He's like he's probably he like he's a five ten live pro for sure. Of course. Yeah. Easily. But he's playing again against these in these huge games against the best players, yeah. and he, it seems like he's not equipped for that, which is you know most people aren't. Right. It's not a put down on him. Anyway, he's the opener under the gun. Uh, he's got King Jack off. He's going to make it 2,500. Okay. I, I didn't write how much, but I remembered. It was 2,500. Um, this is fine, right? I think they're even eight-handed. It, like, it's a little loose. But it's a little loose, but I mean, I, I would, I, there are Alan Keating's in the game, right? Yeah. Of course the, it's fine. He's in the straddle. So actually, maybe, oh, my maybe, God, maybe you have to open. Better. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I would think like generally like, under the gun, you shouldn't be opening this probably even eight-handed, like in a normal game. But, like, it can't be that bad to do it when you've got the big whales. You're, you're like, looking to play pots with Keating. And yeah. the, only, the, the way you're going to do it most of the time is when he's in the straddle. So if you're under the gun, you're under the gun. All right. JRB's going to be a garbage human, so we don't care how much he has in his stack. Great. This next guy, never seen him before, never heard of him before, but apparently he's a big-time East Coast cash game pro. We think, uh, yeah. His name is Matt Honig. He goes by Hanks. Yeah, apparently all throughout the East Coast, everyone knows him as Hanks. He does not have an impressive hand in, but if everyone knows him, he at least plays in a bunch of the... It has to be cash games, basically. Right. So speaking of trying to put your money in when Alan Keating is likely to be in the pot, we think that's what's probably going on with Matt Hanks here, who's in the cutoff with 7-8 off and makes the call with 178K in his stack. This is not a call against JRB with JRB's stack if... Alan Keating's not in the straddle, right? Like, this is not commonly a call in, in most cases. Yeah, we don't know what JRB stack is. But... 84K. Oh, okay. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. Like it's, but it's got, it's got to be an, a Keating-based decision, it feels like. So do you have, you have no problem with calling 7-8 off in this spot? I think it's pretty close, but I, I can't have a problem with it. I understand why he's doing it. And uh, I would be more inclined to just call this on the button and not even the cutoff, but that's probably splitting hairs, quite frankly. Might be. If it were... Like you would never call even if it, if it, if there were some whales in the game, but none of them were behind you, right? Like if it was like Jason Kuhn and Stephen Chidwick behind you and another pro, would you call seven eight off in that case? If Absolutely they were, not. If they were deep? No. So this is all based on this is all predatory. <laughs> it's all trying to get Alan Keating's yeah. money. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So Honig makes the call. He's got a one hundred seventy eight k. Great. We got another guy named Chug, C H U G H. Never seen him or heard of him before either. Nope. But he's got 176K in front of him. He's in the big blind for 400. He's got two black jacks. What do you do here, mostly? If we've seen JRB opening a fair amount under the gun, and we've been able to put together, like, oh, this is because Keating's in the straddle, probably. If we've been able to do that math and, like, put that together, I think we should race. Yeah. I understand it's cool to bring Keating in. We're four-handed. We're out of position to at least two, to three players, to everybody, actually. Like... This is not going to be an easy hand to win for us unless we flop a jack. Like, I think we should raise right now. There's reasonable money in there. It's okay if Keating doesn't play this hand with us. You know, like, we don't want, we don't want to see this flop four-handed. All right, just a quick question. If yeah. we were to raise to, like, 13K or something, which seems like a reasonable size in this yeah. scenario, and JRB basically rips it for 84K, or do we just have to call because the stack is shallow enough, or is that a fold? 
Um, if we think JRB is not getting out of line, we should fold Jax. Yeah. If we think he's got some getting out of... I don't know that JRB is really getting out of line here. I would think the worst hand he has here is Ace-King. Um, and I don't know if he ever has 10. So I think we're supposed to fold Jax. What about Queens? Does he ever have Jackson do this would be the question. It doesn't seem that likely he has Jax. Yeah. Uh, I worry once we're folding Queens that we're just getting exploited a little bit, that we could be getting exploited because like now we're folding like past like all reasonable yeah. things for less than 100 blinds. Like, like Queens is supposed to be good enough to be able to call here. Um, against very, very tight players, it clearly isn't. Mm-hmm. You really only want to have aces and kings against the tight guys. Um, so if you think J- if JRB is shown to be that tight, insanely tight, fair enough. But I I probably just I probably three bet with Queens planning to call it off. Yeah. I think. What do you do? Do you, you fold in Queens? I think I three bet and call it off, or I just call. Like I don't three bet. That's the other mm-hmm. option. Yeah. yeah. Which has the benefit of getting Keating in the pot. Which it does. I mean, that's sort of the same as calling with Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you know, I'm saying is it, there's a similar benefit there. Yeah. Um, it just sucks in cash games, deep stack cash games, if you think you have any edge at all to get it in with big pairs that aren't aces. It just always kind of sucks. It always feels kind of crappy. For a, for a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, I understand yeah. that. And even with aces, like, you lose sometimes, but you're happy to get it in. But you're like, that's not why I'm playing this cash game, really. is I'm not playing yeah. a cash game. I just coolered someone. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, it's, like, nice to make yeah. get win, win money, but it doesn't feel like that's really what it's about. Yeah. I agree. Um, anyway, Chug ends up calling. I think I prefer a three-bet as well, probably just a fold to... To four bet mm-hmm. from JRB, it gets a little tricky if Keating or or Hanks three four bets. Then maybe we have to. We, I, we're, we're all deeper. Maybe we just call the four bet in those cases. I'm not sure. Wait, so we three bet JRB calls and someone else four bets. JRB folds and somebody else four bets. I don't think we're ever going anywhere. Like, yeah, we really think that like or Keating would be a cold four bet. He's before yeah. JRB. We probably have to call it against off against Keating. Quite yeah. frankly, even though. That is a very strong play. All right, so between, just, just to play this one out a little bit. Yeah. Chuga's 176K, Keating has that way covered. So Chuga yeah. would be the effective stack. If, if we three bet to 13K and Keating <sighs> makes it 30K, yeah. what we do we do? call maybe? Yeah, I just call. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's don't any f- reason to five yeah, bet. Yeah, if we had JRB stack, we'd probably just shove and be like, yeah. let's just play it out and see what happens. But we're, we're too deep to like put it in and hope to get called by worse. Right. Yeah. I don't think Keating's going to auto call with 10s there. No. He shouldn't. When we're five betting there, it's very strong yeah. looking. Jack should be the absolute worst hand we ever have there. I guess mm-hmm. we can have Ace King, but it's the same thing as Jack's, right? Anyway, Chug just calls. Okay, I'm fair fine. enough. I'm fine with it. I think I do slightly prefer the three bet. Yeah, I don't. Calls. I don't completely. Ha- I'll say this: we're deeply underrepped, but if we don't hit a Jack, does it matter that much? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, when we have an overpair, we can make some, you know, board-based decisions and stuff like that. And, it's certainly not the end of the world to set mine once in a while with a hand this good. It's nice that no one can ever put you on. The, if a jack comes, no one's ever going to think you could ever have a set of jacks. So right. there is some like a jack high board. Jack, deuce, deuce, aces is going to feel pretty good on that board. They're like, you can have ace, deuce suited, yeah. but I block that too. So like, what are you supposed to have? Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, he calls. Keating's in the straddle. He's got king, ten of hearts. Of course, he's going to call. Hell yeah. That's a nice hand. Pot is $10,600. The flop is four of diamonds, queen of hearts, eight of spades. So JRB pretty much entirely whiffs. Um, Chug has like a slightly tricky spot now because there's an overcard. The queen came. And he has the jacks. Keating has two back doors with the king, ten of hearts, queen, four, eight with one heart. And uh, Hanks has middle pair with seven, eight off. So Chug checks. Yeah. 
Keating checks. Sure. JRB checks. Sure. Hanks bets. 6K and a 10-6. Seems reasonable. Equity denial. Absolutely. Like, sure, we're losing to Chug. In fact, we are. But we can be losing to Chug. Figure we're almost always beating JRB. I guess JRB could have jacks and 10s and 9s. Yeah. But, like, by the way, we're going to put him in a slightly weird spot right away with those hints. He's probably calling ones. But, you know, that's okay. Like, we can't just give every, the whole table a free card. That seems crazy when we, when we rate to have the best hand a lot here. Like, let's just bet and take it down. Well, this is one of those spots that Chug ends up in when you just call with Jack's preflop that kind of sucks. You got two players behind. You got Jack's on a queen high board. I know. And the guy bet. But you probably can't fold yet. I mean, it's the button. And JRB doesn't rate to have you beat now when he checks. And Keating doesn't rate. Oh, no. Keating could. Keating, Keating can have you beat. Yeah. And Hanks can have you beat. But we probably can't just fold yet. Chug makes the call. Good. Keating's going to go ahead and put some of that finance money to work. <laughs> yeah. It's going to raise to 20K. Okay. I'm not sure I love the sizing. Let's talk about it. So he oh, has... Good. I like I like this hand as a raise. I think if you don't have to raise this hand, you can actually call this hand at these stack depths, I think, and it would be okay. Oh, that's fair. Um, you really could. But I think folding, calling, and raising are all actually fine with this hand. What do you think about the sizing, and how do you rate those three options? Okay, first of all, I think, yeah, he needs to go bigger, especially with a bet and a call. Like, yeah. it's going to be too easy. Now, with the hands that they actually have, he may get this through. Right. But... I mean, it looks like both those guys could have a queen pretty easily. One of them, you figure Chug has a lot of queens here, right? Like, uh, yeah. What Big else time. is he supposed to have? I guess he could have gutters, but we have a 10 in our hand, so we block that a little bit anyway. Um, so, yeah, so I, so I, I think this is interesting. I think um, if we're sizing it, I probably want to go at least a 4X of the bet. So like 24K yeah. comes to mind, 25K That's as opposed to 20, especially when Hanks is going to be in position to us. He's going to be more apt to call a little bit more of the mm-hmm. time with hands. We can just blow them off stuff. I kind of like the idea of a raise here because Chu doesn't feel that strong when yep. he just calls with right. two guys behind him. Like he doesn't have a monster almost ever. He doesn't have like pocket eights very often. It's unlikely. Yeah. There okay. are no flush draws, but there's a lot of gut shots. Yeah. And, and he could have like a bad queen or two or like ace eight or maybe two nines or something like that. Those are hands that hate getting raised. Yeah. Um, Hanks doesn't have to have a monster either. It just checked to him. He's on the button. Like, he could be taking a shot with a lot of things here. Mm-hmm. So I think this is kind of a cool time to raise with this hand. I kind of like this raise. I'm down with I mean, I agree he could call also. I think folding's the worst choice. Um, I think I like raising. Now, you can't do it that often, of course, but I, but I think we should raise sort of whatever, the, whatever our frequency is here. Like, we should, like, abs- like that's good. Like, we right. should raise this a reasonable amount of the time. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think... I really like it as a, a bluff here to have two back doors. We can't raise every hand that has two back doors exactly. on this board because this board has a ton of hands that have two back doors. This is one of the better ones with the king ten of hearts. Yep, it's nice to have the overcard too. So if we're up against a hand like queen jack that calls, we can just hit a king as opposed to like the other stuff yeah. and still be good. Like that's useful. So I think if I think it's reasonable to put this in the raising range for sure, and I like it. Mm-hmm. So I think Alan Keating did it right. Um, if you're raising a lot of two backdoor hands, you're going to end up having to raise like good top pairs sometimes too, though, for balance, which right. gets a little tricky sometimes. It does. I mean, if we had ace queen here somehow, but we probably don't have that much ace queen. We, as Alan Keating, we're yeah. probably three better. We that might. We might have some ace queen. Yeah, and it would be reasonable to raise for value with ace queen here. In I this, agree. In this configuration, I mean, Hanks can have us, but that's it, really. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think we both like Keating's raise. I think yeah, raising is the best option. Calling is the second best option. Folding is the worst option. Yeah, but we both think it should be bigger. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot, most players in the world are just folding here. A lot of players are just yeah. folding. Yeah. I think that's a mistake. Okay, JRB's going to fold. He's got nothing. What do you do with Hanks? 
You got seven, eight. You got queen, eight, four. The whale just raised you. There is a player behind, but that player doesn't rate to have too good of a hand. Yeah. I mean, I kind of just want to have a... Don't we just have better hands in this a lot? Yeah, we have queens. We have, we have queens. queens. Now, we're probably betting all our gutters, right? Yeah. Um, and maybe even some two backdoor hands, you know? Lots of, lots of two backdoor hands, perhaps. Yep. So those are all worse than this. Yeah. Um, we have a seven in our hand, which blocks some of Keating's bluffs. Right. But we have an eight, which blocks sets and queen eight. That's true. That's I like, true. I like Hank's hand better than I like Chug's hand in this scenario. Because he blocks a set of eights. And Chug blocks a lot of gutters, too, with two jacks. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, also, like, is Keating raising king-queen here? Probably not very often, it's right? hard to know without knowing more about Keating. That feels like the absolute worst hand he can raise, though, yeah. for value. So it's like king-queen, ace-queen, sets of fours, sets of eights, which we block. I guess he can have queen-eight and queen-four suited, and maybe queen-eight off, even. Right? Probably queen-eight off. Yeah. Eight four suited also. Yeah. So he can. So he has a fair amount of value. Um, we block some of the bluffs. We have a guy behind us who admittedly isn't often that strong, but can have a hand like king queen. He can and, and like just not be going anywhere. Although yeah. if we call, I don't know. If, is he going to overcall? It's, it's I don't pretty know. rough. If he has anything weaker than king queen, if he has queen ten suited, it's pretty rough. You probably don't overcall with queen ten. No, suited. I agree. Even king queen ain't great. Yeah. You might just fold that. Yeah. Just like stay out of. The, although if you think Keating is cray cray, maybe you just have to call. I don't think this is an easy or automatic call by any means. I, I think it'd be either. very reasonable to fold here. In I fact, too. I would think I would just fold here, even against the crazy guy. Just like I just have better spots. I might even prefer calling with like my gutters and things like that, where I can hit a monster hand. Yeah. Like, and then I'm in position. So if he gives up and he checks, I can bluff rather than this sort of very medium hand that doesn't rate to improve very much. Well, things are going to change board dynamic wise in the future. Spoiler alert. Yes, it would be Hank ends up calling and it would be good to know what his plan is unimproved. You know, like if he's planning on heroing on a lot of runouts, I I would like to know that. I agree completely. Think about how heartbreaking it is, too. I know we've all been in this spot where we call here and then shoot calls behind us. You're like, like, okay, I'm done. I'm just I'm like beat by that guy 100 percent of the time. You know, it's like when Tom Dwan made his play with the Queen 10. Right. And he gets called by Eastgate and Greenstein. And he's like, come on. Yeah. As soon as Eastgate calls, he's like, geez. Of course, Dwan went a different way with it. He's like, yeah. well, I'm going to have to really rep this, this top set. Yeah. This top full house pretty hard now. And did. Um, but anyway. Yeah. It, it does really suck when Jude calls behind. And then it turns into like, well, if I'm going to win this hand, I'm going to have to bluff now. Instead yeah. of me bluff catching somebody else. Yeah. And that doesn't sound fun. Nope. I was in bluff catching mode, not bluffing mode. Can't switch gears like that. It's impossible. Impossible, bro. Anyway, he ends up calling, um, and Chug folds. You can't do anything but fold this Chug, right? It's oh, it'd be really spot. weird to call. Yep. Yep, it would be. It would be really weird to not use the link in the description to sign up for Nitro Betting also. That would be, like, kind of treasonous, like punishable by death, I think, in, in some places. In some places. Yeah. In, in, like, most places. In the places where Jonathan and I, as the poker guys, have political power, which is more than you would think. Basically, industrialized nations. Yeah, yeah, all of yeah. the industrialized and yeah. the, and the unindustrialized nations and the developing nations. Yeah, yes. yeah, but we we don't have power in the ones that are like right in between. Yep. Which I, I'm not going to name those ones because they know who they are. They know who they are, and they know <laughs> that they're they will come under heel soon enough. Yeah, of course. So basically, be careful what you do. We but, call them the la- the the first order, the last bastion, the rebellion. Yeah, you know all that stuff. Yeah, terrorists. They're all terrorists <laughs> if they're not under the poker guy's banner. <laughs> They're not freedom fighters, no matter what they say. Uh, but you can be a freedom fighter on Nitro Betting. You know? Wow. 
Okay. I mean, some would say because it's Bitcoin only in a way you're a freedom fighter, but that those are oh. those are the evangelists. We're not yeah. here to evangelize no. that stuff. We're here to evangelize nitro betting and the great deals you get when you sign up for nitro betting, especially right now, very important, the NFL survivor pool I deal. I was wondering if you were gonna mention it. I mentioned it. I mean they, they are still listening. Feel free to lead with it next. They're listening still. <laughs> that was a great opening to the ad. That was good it stuff. It was good. People it was good were, stuff. People wanted to hear what came next. But some people auto like fast forward at that Well, they point. shouldn't they, because they're missing now, the now jokes is what and I'm talking important... about. Now I'm going to talk about the free money for I you. Know. This is the alpha right here. If you're already signed up for Nitro Betting using our link, then you're all set. Uh, you got to send us your Nitro Betting ID, either via Discord or Twitter, and we will get you in this survivor pool free roll where Nitro, Nitro Betting is putting up 1000 to 1500 bucks, whatever the price of Bitcoin ends up being yep. when the payout happens. It could be anything, but you know, at the time of this, it's like over 1000 bucks. It's yep. a pretty sweet deal. Um, that's just free, free money, because they like you, they like us, they want to bring you into the fold, they want you to be governed by the poker guys. Yes, you, you know? are whether you know it or not, but the, they want the uh, complete acknowledgement of right. governance. Yeah, yeah we, we, they want you to be complicit in it. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, so it's, a, it's really one of the better promotions that Nitro Betting has done for our people, and they've done a lot of promotions. A lot of them have been very good. It's, it's a really high EV promotion for you guys, especially considering that it's only accessible to those who go through the process of using our link and then sending us their Nitro Betting ID. That means the pool's not going to be huge. It's not, you're not going to be competing against thousands of people. Right. So you have a real shot at a chunk of that money. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great thing, and y'all should be involved. Right, so make sure you use the link okay. when you sign up, and then if you want to play the Survivor Pool, Send us your Nitro Betting ID, and we will see you there. Of course, they have casino games, sports betting, and poker as well. And we will be just happy, happy boys to have you on board. Indeed. Yeah. And we will govern with benevolence, you know? I mean, our version of benevolence. Our version obviously, of like, what some, we see is. Sometimes a quick death is benevolence, you know? Exactly. Right? It's often. Like, yeah. <laughs> we see it that way more often than not. Yeah. yeah. As the poker guys yeah. who govern the world. Actions have consequences, okay? Yeah. So. So, you know. Sorry, but whatever. Yeah, don't don't type the wrong thing in your browser. <laughs> don't don't do anything that we disapprove we of. We are watching. Yeah, yeah. You, you you'll get yours anyway. Here we are. Back to the hand. Keating has raised his two backdoor hand on the four of diamonds, queen of hearts, eight of spades, with king ten of hearts to twenty k. I just want to say for anyone who skipped the ad, you blew it. You blew it. You know why? Because we talked about the free survivor pool entry with the free roll, and it's over $1,000 in there. You blew it. You should go back. Sorry, Grant. Yeah. Back to your there is free money. Program. There's free money for you in the ad if you didn't listen to it. Fools. All right. Anyway, that was a good move. Thanks. Uh, four of diamonds, queen of hearts, eight of spades, Keating race to 20K. Hank's called with seven, eight off. He has middle pair. The turn makes things a little easier for Hanks. It's the eight of spades. Uh, he now has trips. The pot is 56,600. What? I mean, we're losing... I guess we're losing to a little bit of queen eight and eight four, but really four four is like yeah. the most obvious. Right. But I guess I get because the uh, eight four is only suited. I don't even know like what's available there. Yeah, what you're kind of um, itching at there is is that not only does this improve our hand, it also reduces Keating's value combos massively. Yeah. Brah. So that's pretty sick. Pretty sick. This is a bad card for Keating. It's uh, and it's inaccurately Uh-oh. written down by me because no, it, it's okay. I got it. It was just the eight of hearts, not the eight of spades on the flop. Oh, okay. Does that that means Keating had a flush draw? Oh boy, he didn't have what? Two nope. Never you're, mind. You're ruining everything. Four what? of diamonds, queen of spades, eight of hearts. That's what it was. Okay, I, I had it as the queen of hearts. And God, the, that's what it is. So, so spades, eight of spades comes on the turn to bring backdoor spades. It does. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We got it all settled. Good lord, it's all good. What a disaster! It's not a disaster. Only you, you're making it a disaster. Yeah. 
because you're that guy. Mm-hmm. We're going to divide the world in two. We're going to have to <laughs> massive wars. Massive wars. You will lose. You think so? Yeah. I guess we'll find out, huh? I guess we I'll will. See you on the field, buddy. <laughs> That's You've already lost when you say stuff like that. Oh, wow. I can't believe you even talk like this and you think you're allowed to get away with that. All right. Let's get back to the Okay. Fine. <laughs> Eight of spades. Yeah. Should Keating just shut it down? This is just a terrible card. Well, here's what didn't happen. We didn't pick up any of that backdoor equity we were hoping for. No, not even... Like, there's a lot of cards that were going to pick up the backdoor equity. Any heart, any nine, any jack, any ace. A lot of our value did improve, but we lose value combos. Right, the, so that's actually pairs. bad for our representation of value. I would think we would want to have... This is not the hand to continue with, because we want to have a hand that's going to have equity. So that way, when we're called, we still have a chance to win sometimes. So, like, if we were going to continue with a bluff here, we'd want to pick our gut shots to do it with, as opposed to and backdoor spades. Yeah, as opposed to the king ten of hearts, which no backdoors came in, and we are right now. But sometimes just drawing dead. Sometimes we have three kings. Sometimes we're drawing dead. Yeah. Right. Um, so that to me is just like I don't think we should keep going here. And our opponent is a pro who understands that our value combos have just been diminished. Right. So they they might hero more freely. Yeah, I think so, that's right. And also, he can rep that eight. As we see, he can really rep that eight. He actually he has can actually eight. have an eight here, though. Like, he can play an eight just like this, as, as it turns out, which maybe we don't think he can. But how could... We're only playing full houses like this now. We're never playing just an eight for the raise on the flop, or almost never, I should say. Maybe, be, maybe a little bit. It would be bit. really odd, too. Pe- people do that a little bit, but not very often. Yeah. Anyway, Keating does keep going, and okay. this is probably what he often does, is my guess. Like, he... He makes a plan to bluff and he keeps going. That's that's a, th- a common right. thing among not highly experienced poker players, yeah. right? It can be very frustrating when you make a plan to bluff and you have to stop midway yeah. through, but you just have to do that sometimes. Yeah. But this seems like a bad event card and we should give up on it. Yep. Keating bets 35K and Hanks is very happy, I'm sure. He's oh. like, yeah, sometimes I'm losing, but it's fine. Like, overall, this is a great spot. The plan is to never not put money in, basically, right. against this guy now that we have trip eights. And I wouldn't ask this in most cases, but against the whale... Is there any reason to raise? I mean, I'm afraid if we raise, is it because the board is pretty freaking dry here? Is the whale really going to even call king queen? If, if, if he has king queen, if he can't even have king queen, is he going to call king queen if we, that's, if we raise? That's here? what I'm wondering. I wouldn't expect that a player like Jason Kuhn is going to call, but like not often. I, I would think a whale might. It's not completely impossible because our story gets weird pretty quick. Like, what are we supposed to have? If the guy has king, we were supposed to have four four, I guess, or eight yeah. eight. Mostly four four though. Mostly four four. Um, I think we should just call. If we call, there's going to be one hundred twenty seven thousand dollars in the pot. We're going to have. We have like one hundred thirty. It's amazing. Let's just call. We're in position. A bet will always go in on the river. We're kind of hoping no queen. That's what we're sitting there yeah. thinking. No queen. No queen. No queen. Right. Yeah. We may. Uh, what are we going to do if a queen comes and he shoves? cry a lot and i don't know what but that's not gonna happen that often there's only three queens left in the deck and if he has one there's only two we also really don't want any of the gut shots to come in but one of them is very likely to um that's true but we have a seven in our hand so at least one of them if a seven comes that's good yeah, yeah. If five six comes in we're loving life yep but there's like a billion gut shots out there there are yeah but you know he's only he can only have one of them yeah. So even if it comes in and he bets, we're, we're never folding. Yeah. That's just that. Even like the gut shot comes in, the spade comes in, we're still going to have to call against this opponent, I think, on the river. Probably. I mean, it really sucks if the, the ten of spades comes and, and, yep. he, go, and he goes all in. Yep. Like, but it's a, it, we're getting two to one. It's a pot-sized bet. I, we're probably just can't fold against Alan Keating, who shows up with weird stuff. Uh, yeah, I suppose you're right. I think so. I think yeah. so. So Hanks makes the call. Okay. 
The pot's 126,600. Yep. The river is the nine of diamonds. It's so, a pretty good card. Pretty good. Jack it's not 10, ideal. Jack 10 got there. Yep. But, um, but I will say this. The guy who's least likely to have Jack 10 out of all the preflop players is Alan Keating. He was in the straddle and called the race. Like, everyone else is, like, he's calling with a lot of things there. Yeah. Everyone else is calling with more reasonable hand oh, selection. Oh, so you're saying right? Jack 10 makes up a smaller percentage of his range. I am saying exactly that. Yeah. So that's good. Obviously, he's calling with all his Jack 10s, yeah. but he's calling with a lot more stuff, too. Right. Than, like, Hanks is going to call with. Yeah. Although Hank's having 8-7 uh, off. Mean, but still, but even so, Keating's going to have wi- a wider, yeah. a, a bigger pool of hands to be uh, dipping into. All right. So the river, nine of diamonds. Keating checks. All right. Keating's he sh- done. He shuts it down. Interestingly enough, he blocks Jack-10 and like Jack-10 comes in, but yeah. he still shuts it down. I guess he's like, oh, you called again? That's, yeah. not, that's not great. It's not, it's not <laughs> ideal. Yeah. Um, all right. So Hank starts deliberating. He deliberates for a while. Yeah. This is a definite bet, right? Yes, for sure. It feels like we're up against either air or a queen just a lot, right? Yeah. Like a king-queen, ace-queen type of hand. Maybe 9-10 or 9-jack. Those would make sense. Oh, well. that absolutely makes sense, right? Yeah. And of course, once in a while, he's got his beat, and he's going to you know, check-raise us. But whatever. It's not yeah. going to happen much. Yeah. All right. So as hangs, how do you want to size it? 126 in the pot. We have 130. Okay, we're trying to get called by at least a queen here. I guess, no, a 10. A 10 can call. A 9, excuse me. A 9. Are we, okay, we've decided. Are we attacking a 9 or a queen? Will a 9 really call? We call the check raise. We call the bet on the flop. Oh, sorry, on the turn of $35,000. Is there an amount we could bet that a 9 would call on the river? Seems unlikely. I don't know. It feels like there's more combos of queens if Keating plays top pair this way. Maybe he only plays king, queen, plus like this, so that changes what I'm going to say. Mm. If he only plays king, queen, plus like this, I think we should target a nine because a nine is more likely to take this line. How do you want to target it? Let's, let's say we're going to do that. Nine, I, ten, or nine jack are the most likely hands in his of range. Of course. Yeah. How do you target it, though? Like, what, what kind of size are you going to do to say, like, a nine, can, a nine will call this amount? How about what Hanks does? 25K. A fifth I mean, of the pot. It's really weird, right? You're getting an amazing price, but that means Hanks has to be taking a bluff, something that, that needs to be a bluff, and going for, like, the insane post-oak bluff play, right? Which is where you bet super tiny into a pot. And it's like, well, you would never bet that small with a bluff kind of a thing. He might think Keating's not sophisticated enough to, mm. to worry about that and think that the sizing is going to, like, directly correlate with how often he calls. Yeah, and there are players that's absolutely true, and there are players you need to do that again yeah. with, period, you know. Um, 25K into 126. So it's so Keating is now going to be getting 6 to 1 on a call, but Keating, as it turns out, only is king high. If he had a 9, 6 to 1 is an interesting spot, at least. We could talk about it. Yeah. I mean, it feels like you're never good there, or ne- not good nearly enough of the time, but against certain opponents, you might well, be. Well, Keating goes into the tank. So, so Well, he's. I mean, he does block Jack 10, so he could make the real play. The real play, the big play. He could. Um but he, it quickly becomes clear through talking that he's not thinking about that. Mm. He's, him and Hanks begin talking, and Hanks says, I almost went all in there, something like that. And um, then Keating says, you're putting me on a nine, aren't you? And, oh, really? And, and Hanks says, no, that's not what I was thinking. That's not what I was thinking. Like, I don't really know what Hanks is getting at, but it's interesting table talk. That is interesting. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, Keating calls. With this king high. All right. Let's, let's play, let's play let's Jonathan Justifies the Play. Okay. I'm let's ready. Do, do it. Okay, the short version of Jonathan justifies the play is clearly he's calling to beat only the missed guts, gutters, right? Yeah. That, that's all it could be. He even says, I think you have 5-7 of spades. Right, there you go. 5-7 of spades makes sense. 5-6, uh, 
six, seven, right? Those yep. are those are the three gut shots. Now, you may have to decide that he's got spades along with it to continue on the turn. Yeah, I think really he really only to. has it with spades. I agree. So that's three so combos. That's down to three combos. That's not great. But before we get into that piece, because okay. that's harder to defend, let me do this. The hands that, when we call with a nine, right, the hands that we're beating are the same hands that we beat when we call with a king. Yeah. Right? So, and both, both win mm-hmm. the same. So that part is good, at least. We're beating the same. The parts that win are still winning. Yeah. Um, so if we think we're getting the right price with a nine, maybe you could argue we're also getting the right price with the king, since you're still beating the hands that you were beating and losing the hands you were losing to. The, the nine loses to. It's all the same. The value beats you. The bluffs you win. That's it. What if he has ace four of spades? Heartbreak. Yeah. Devastation and heartbreak. Does he really call ace four of spades check raise on the flop? Maybe. I believe he does. Maybe. Called seven, eight. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Um, is he only going to bet 25,000 on the river with ace four of spades? Well, we think he's going to do it with um, six, seven. I guess ace four of spades is the same thing. He's doing, I mean, devastation if he I does think he's going to do that with ace four of spades. He definitely thinks he has the best hand and is going for value with the seven, eight that he does have. Yeah. So I think he would bet the same amount with ace four of spades, I think. As a bluff? Oh, right. I was thinking that was a flush for a second. Oh, yeah. No. It's absolutely not. No. Um, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. So yeah, I, like that feels like you could really check back ace four spades. Like you have a pair of fours with a good kicker. Keating checked. I mean, is he going to fold the queen here? I mean, are we going to do that whole thing against the guy who doesn't care about money? Like, why not just check back and see if we win sometimes? Like yeah. we might win sometimes. Maybe. I don't know. Betting 25,000 seems like almost suicidal with ace four specifically. Maybe. Feels like the wrong, the wrong hand to do it with. Um, like I'd want to have way worse or way better. Yeah. Like we do, we have way better. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that's that's the way I justify it. If I if I'm forced to justify it now, of course there are problems with my justification. The two that are obvious are we can only really think of three combos that are bluffs. Yeah. And if we're calling with this, that means we're calling with some wide range of hands, right? If we took King Ten of Hearts and did this, well, Ace X of Hearts. Yeah. Ace Ten of Hearts is doing the same thing, right? Right. Um, and then if. Why would we call with King Ten and not Ace Ten? Ace Ten is slightly better, if anything, you know. But like, you know what I mean? It gets weird really quickly. We're probably just calling too much if yeah. we actually call with this hand, and that's the problem. But the justification is, if we have a nine, it's the same thing value-wise against this range, right? And to be like, we we do block Jack Ten, we unblock Spades. Yep, those things are both good. Yep. So maybe maybe we can. I mean, it's hard to think that there's any spades out there besides the gut shots with spades, except for ace four of spades. And then they might not bet the river like you were saying. Right. Um, I don't know how any other spades make it to the turn that aren't beating us now. Right. Cause that would be Jack 10 of spades, which is of course beating us. Um, yeah. And queen X of spades just doesn't need to play like this. Oh no. The, the queen of spades on the board, right? Yeah. Okay. So is the eight of spades. So the eight of spades. Okay. Which is on the turn. Right. Yeah. So it can't be that. Right. Yep. I agree. So, yeah, I mean, like, so what hands are we calling with then, I guess, is a good way to go about this. Look, if we think he's only got three bluff combos and we can come up with reasonable amounts of value combos, which would be, in this case, trip eights, pocket fours. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> well, for 25,000, I guess ace queen can bet here, too. Yeah. Um, can king queen bet here? That feels really thin. It's, that's a bit thin, yeah. Yeah. 
For 25000 against the whale, maybe. Maybe. But, okay. Okay, that, even just what we said, that's a lot of value combos. Yeah. Pocket fours is already three combos all by itself. That matches the three bluff combos we've come up with, let alone all the eights he can have. Since he can have seven, eight off, guess what? He can have nine, eight, which is now a full house. He can have probably 10, eight, suited at least, yeah. maybe off as well. Six, eight suited for sure. Ace, eight suited for sure. Like, there's a lot of stuff here. That is just, now we're just flooded with value combos compared to the bluffs. And that, that might be the reason that Hank's bet 25K, by the way. Yeah. Is that he recognized that he had a significant, uh, significantly more value combos than bluff combos. So you're supposed to bet smaller in those cases, in most cases. Are you? I think in a lot of cases, yes. Um, oh, on the flop you are. On the river? Well, you we have a massive range advantage. And oh, that's not really a range advantage. No. That's a different thing. A different we thing. just have a lot of value compared to a lot of... To, compared to not many bluffs. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. We have to figure that out. I don't feel like I'm doing it I'm pretty sure right you're now. supposed to bet smaller in those cases, um, but I could be convinced otherwise. Okay. Uh, anyway, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, King 10 is just a little bit too loosey-goosey here. We're just calling way too often if we're calling King 10 is the problem. I can, yeah, and I, your justifications make sense, and I can get on board with some of them, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, it will look amazing on TV. Yeah. And I wonder if, again, if Keating's playing just a different game than everyone else is a little bit here when he makes this call. Yeah. He's doing it for to get invited to other games because it's a flashy, ridiculous call on in a streaming game. Well, I, think, I think what Keating, where Keating is in his poker journey is a place that everybody gets to at one point, which is putting people on exact hands and acting accordingly, which is uh, you know, a mistake. You're not supposed to do that. Right. Uh, but So Keating put him on exactly 5-7 of spades. He, well, uh, of course, he, can, but even if you put him on a range, the range is still too tight to call. Yeah. I guess, I guess again, we might think Hanks is turning a 9 into a bluff, it's weird for him to bet twenty five thousand when he's got the nine. Yeah, because right? now we're trying to get that, we're trying to get a queen to fold. Of course, Keating cannot beat a nine, also, which is a problem. That is a problem. Yeah. So yeah, this is just a little too loosey goosey. Yep, but, it feels like it. You know, that's that's how maybe maybe a lot too loosey goosey. That's how Matt Hanks Honig makes his money up and down the East Coast. I mean, it's pretty good times when you get a call for twenty five thousand more dollars with King High. That's pretty sweet. Wow. That's why the whale's in the game for these guys, I guess. That's why they want to play the game. Yeah. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.